0: so much much to justin chagrin, i do not have a one sentence synopsis but i'll get through it as as uh, quickly as i can cuz it's four I, issues and then um expected. and then uh and then i've got my notes but um we we can then we can talk about each issue or whatever but that's my that's my game plan
1: how about blue beetle dreams the justice league are evil Via <laughs> the dr destiny
2: the
0: end <laughs> that's that's actually pretty excellent so uh, we'll <laughs> i up. was
2: gonna say like injustice is a bad blue beetle fanfic basically
1: <laughs> take it away
0: there what's your question <laughs> why do you guys talk about comics so much <laughs> <laughs> comic books motherfucker do you
1: read them 18 years <laughs> toothbrush is still fresh <laughs> Did they have sex?
0: Because, I mean, she Hulk, you know.
2: Damn it, Tony, we went an entire episode without mentioning Maggot, and then you ruined it. Comic book. Motherfucker, do you? Read em. Batman's got his little
0: fishbowl on his head, but <laughs> Superman doesn't. Cyclops was right.
1: Except when he was wrong. Master Bruce, you are calm. I'm going to silently judge all of you.
0: Shut up, beast. <laughs> Shut up.
1: Like, I've read it so many times, you know, it pretty much just crumbled in my hands. Come on, old chum. Comic books.
0: Motherfucker, do you...
2: Read them. See, I didn't hate Hellcat until you made me read this miniseries. It was just a joke, but you made it real, Justin. No. You made it real. I, I prefer my Dazzler singing, like, Creedence Clearwater Revival songs at Australian bars. Titty
1: discs in it. that's what to be known as from now on. Like, I'm gonna go <laughs> into the Marvel Wikipedia and internet, whatever it Whatever <laughs> The worst... T- <laughs> it get better than that. Uh, comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them?
0: Hey guys, welcome back to another maserific, arm-breaking tastic episode of Fanholes Comics. Motherfucker, do you read them? Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek. Derek W C. And I am not alone tonight. I am joined by my fellow Lightning League. Why don't you guys give a shout out and let everybody know who's here tonight.
2: Hey, it's Mike and Bloodwind. That sounds like a medical
0: problem. And this is Justin. I'm holding back so much laughter so Justin can introduce himself. So yeah, so so we're here tonight. We're here to tonight. Uh, we're here to tonight. We are here tonight to discuss a four-issue story arc from Justice League America that came out in January 1993 and ran through the comic book April 1993, and that means you guessed it—it's the what is it—the the 30th anniversary of this thing. Yes. Um. So so yeah. So we're here to discuss another anniversary. This arc was uh, a favorite of mine, and I think Justin. I'm 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 spilling the beans. I think Justin recently did a read of of a lot of these issues of Justice League, and poor Mike is brought along to read some more DC comics. But I I kind of know that Mike likes these you know kind of like apocalyptian, you know, crazy versions of things where the universe is turned on its head and everything. So I figured, you know, that that would be my in with Mike and he'd get a kick out of it. But what we're talking about is Justice League America issues 72 to 75. It's titled Destiny's Hand. And the writer, penciler, is Dan Jurgens, The inker is Rick Burchette. The letterer is Willie Schubert. The colorist is Gene D'Angelo. And the editor, Brian Michael Augustine. The cover price was a whopping $1. twenty-five for every issue. And, of course, much to Justin's chagrin, I do not have that wonderfully succinct one sentence synopsis for four issues of justice league but i'm going to go through the synopsis of the story and then we'll discuss some of the issues
1: you know what my nightmare would be Mm. my nightmare would be like you explaining like every single plot point in like great detail for like all of like justice league of america volume one which would be like, that would probably uh, take like eight years, but that would be like my nightmare. I'm like, never see, end. Do, do, those,
0: are, those are like golden age, like not even silver age. Like, like, and then Martian Manhunter and Aquaman went off on a separate journey. And then like Wonder Woman and Batman went off to go get the crazy alien. Anyway. Yeah, you're right. That would take forever.
1: Like, like you know, Homer, like, in hell, eating all the donuts. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah. I'm in hell, and I'm, like, I've got, like, headphones on, and it's just like you explaining, like, Justice League of America plot points in extreme detail with, like, you know, notes that reference every little other comic it spreads into, like, 30 years later. I'm like, oh, no. And then Green Arrow scratched his non-beard. <laughs> Snapper car snapped. But do you know the first incarnation of Snapper Carr <laughs> when he snapped his fingers? It happened in Brave and the Bold number twenty-seven.
2: Here's here's a here's a history of comics and film on Snapper Carr snapping his fingers. Like every single time he's ever done it.
0: Keep working. dude. Wow, that would that would be tough. But I'm sure like Wowzers and um... Jesus. Great Caesar's ghost. I, I, I can pull it off, you know. That that's that's a possibility.
1: You did it for Great Caesar's ghost.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I can do it for Snapper Car. I don't even think Snapper Cars appeared on that much multimedia. And when he has, he probably hasn't snapped the motherfuckers. They're embarrassed. They're shamed of Snapper snapping. I will not have it. All right. So here we go. When the secret society of supervillains, Star Sapphire, The Wizard, Blockbuster, Florenic Man, and Sinestro invade a museum in order to steal an Egyptian scepter to destroy the Justice League on behalf of the US government, the Justice League that appear to stop them are shown using violent, authoritarian methods. Martian Manhunter breaks Sinestro's arm and atomizes Star Sapphire with his Martian vision. When Hal Jordan arrives on the scene as Green Lantern, you think he'll chastise the Manhunter for taking Carol's life, but instead remarks that necessary force is allowed via the new rules. Although Commissioner Gordon and the Gotham Central PD arrive to tell the Justice League to back off, the League's own secret police, called the Lightning Squad, escort the remaining prisoners away. Gordon calls them fascists, and Jordan comments that once blockbuster Floranic Man and the Wizard's minds are sigh-scrubbed they'll no longer be a threat to society at large. Sinestro manages to escape, but before long, Green Arrow and Black Canary catch up to the Corigurian, and open fire causing him to take to the skies. Before long, a mace is slammed into Sinestro's face by none other than Hawkman. When Hawkman drops off Sinestro at the Nevada prison complex, he not only takes his yellow ring for himself, but tells the guards to amputate the arms of Sinestro. No! Later that night, Batman meets Gordon at the Bat-Signal, and Jim pleads with him to stop his Justice League friends. However, Batman seems less than inclined to do so. Meanwhile in China, the Flash and the Atom stop nuclear missiles directed at the JLA satellite, instead setting them off in China as an example to other defiant nations. Green Arrow argues with the League over the actions in China as the US president calls the satellite to demand an explanation. Hal Jordan steps in as vice president to continue policies that support the Justice League's actions. Elsewhere, Dr. Destiny mutters to himself in Arkham Asylum. The second chapter opens with the current era of Justice League America. Guy Gardner, Maxima, Wonder Woman, Agent Liberty, Black Condor, Oberon, and Bloodwind testing out the power levels of their newest member, the Ray. The Justice League America are then alerted to the startling reappearance of the old Justice League of America satellite in Earth orbit. While many of the newer members do not understand the significance, Bloodwind explains that the original JLA satellite was destroyed in the Crisis on Infinite Earths. Wonder Woman sends the Raid, Bloodwind, and Guy to investigate. The alternate Justice League from the previous issue is within the satellite, and they send their Firestorm out to confront the three hero envoys. Oddly, Oberon explains to the rest of the team that the surveillance equipment does not detect the alt-satellite or alt-firestorm as real. As the alt-firestorm lets out a final blast, Oberon finds that not only has the alt-satellite vanished, but the Ray, Bloodwind, and Guy have vanished as well. Guy creates a yellow force bubble to protect himself and his teammates upon re-entry to Earth's atmosphere. However, Bloodwind quickly deduces that their world has been altered, merged with the world of sadistic versions of the heroes they know, the Lightning Squad. Meanwhile, the rest of the League, Wonder Woman, Maxima, Agent Liberty, and Black Condor, check out a strange energy anomaly in Nevada. Hawkman and the Lightning Squad prison are alerted to Sinestra's escape, and Black Condor finds the wounded prisoner. Maxima TK blasts a prison ship that comes to retrieve Sinestro, but Hawkman creates a sword from his yellow ring and slays Sinestro to Black Condor's horror. Elsewhere, Lightning Squad Martian Manhunter takes down the Ray and Guy while invisible, but Bloodwind manages to detect him and is confronted not only by the Manhunter, but Firestorm and Green Lantern as well. At Arkham dr destiny breaks out of his cell and back at jla headquarters the atom cries for help as dr destiny invades his mind chapter three opens with dr destiny behind the merging of the two worlds lightning squad hawkman attacks and defeats black condor threatening to snap his neck if wonder woman's justice League does not back off maxima is confronted by the lightning squad red tornado and agent liberty is shot down by lightning squad green Arrow. Lightning Squad Hawkman tells Wonder Woman he doesn't recognize her, as she attempts to reason with him. Lightning Squad Flash then attacks Wonder Woman at super speed, but Wonder Woman finds an opening to knee the speedster, knocking him out. Hawkman continues to hold Black Condor hostage and demands Wonder Woman surrender. Back in New York, Bloodwind manages to evade Martian Manhunter, Green Lantern, and Firestorm. At JLA headquarters, the on-call doctor tends to the comatose Ted Kord, also known as Blue Beetle, and now Ray Palmer, also known as the Atom, while Fire and Booster Gold look on. The doctor tells them the Atom has sleep deprivation and the Atom blames his dreams of the Lightning Squad for the current state of affairs. Bloodwind reaches out to Lightning Squad Batman to determine what went wrong with this world. And Batman basically explains the current state of affairs in 2023, wars, starvation, rampant unemployment, economic chaos, riots, quote unquote, the works, only leaving out partisan politics and the pandemic part. Oh boy. With the new police state, Batman is now part of the Resistance and has freed the Wizard. Bloodwind vows to help the duo and their Resistance movement. Disguising himself as the Lightning Squad Hawkman, Bloodwind, the Wizard, and Batman enter the Lightning Squad Nevada prison unopposed. Bloodwind is shocked to see the tortured prisoners, including Blockbuster, Captain Cold, and Kronos. Wonder Woman must have pulled a Picard because the entire Justice League of America, save Bloodwind, are also locked up in the Lightning Squad's torture chambers. While Lightning Squad Green Arrow and Hawkman Bigger, Bloodwind arrives to free his comrades. Back at JLA headquarters, Dr. Destiny arrives via taxicab and brings a knife to a superhero fight. As Bloodwind tries to get past the Lightning Squad to free his friends, Lightning Squad Martian Manhunter opposes him. After exchanging several blows, Bloodwind is revealed at last to be... Martian Manhunter? What? The finale opens with the captured Justice League of America in a state of shock. Bloodwind was the Martian Manhunter the entire time! And now it's Manhunter versus Manhunter for the fate of the world. At the same time, the atom convulses in his sleep as Booster Gold and the on-call Doctor look on. While Oberon sleeps because of the villain, fire is knocked out by Doctor Destiny. The real Martian Manhunter valiantly fights on, but is confused and nearly defeated by the Lightning Squad. Blue Beetle then arrives on the scene! Beetle helps the real Manhunter get his second wind and frees his fellow leaguers. Beetle explains that the Atom inadvertently created this nightmarish dreamverse. At JLA headquarters, the Doctor explains to Booster Gold that Ted Kord and the Atom's vitals are now matching identically. Doctor Destiny comes to kill them all. Now, with the Justice League America freed, the odds are even against the Lightning Squad. Maxima dismantles Red Tornado. Even Lightning Squad Green Arrow joins in the resistance with Lightning Squad Batman. However, when Batman attacks Hawkman and is about to be killed, Green Arrow steps in to save Batman and is atomized by Hawkman's yellow ring. The Lightning Squad Atom tells Black Canary he realizes he's in his own dream. As Booster Gold evades Dr. Destiny's attacks, Destiny explains that even though Morpheus stole the Material Opticon, he still possesses residual energies where he could watch the Atom's dream of the Lightning Squad and once he kills the Atom to make it the defining reality for the world. The Lightning Squad Adam is determined to stop this reality from coming true and fires the JLA satellite weapons on the Nevada Lightning Squad prison. He tells Blue Beetle that even comatose, he needs to wake up from their shared dream to escape the madness. Dr. Destiny manages to stab the Adam in the chest, but luckily it's not enough to kill him. Ted Kord manages to wake from his coma and stop Dr. Destiny from going for the Adam's throat next. Ted slams Destiny's head into a monitor screen. The Dreamverse Blue Beetle manages to bring the entire Justice League America back to the makeshift hospital at JLA Headquarters, where he is now Ted Kord in a hospital gown. Booster Gold is thrilled that his pal is out of a coma. The on-call doctor declares that the Adam's wounds are slight, and he'll be A-OK! He was fucking stabbed in the chest, and the wounds are slight. Anyway. However, Ted Cord now demands to know the secret connection between Bloodwind and the Martian Manhunter. And that's where Destiny's Hand ends. Despite me making fun of a lot of it, I, I sort of dig this story, but I have a shit ton of notes. But I, I think I want to turn it over to you guys, maybe specifically Mike, because I imagine this is the first time you've ever read this. Yes, indeed, Lee. So what did you, I mean, was this, was this too much? Was this, was this enough? Like, did you no, feel like, like you're like, this is fine? No,
2: I mean, like I was pretty, I was pretty, uh, I was pretty there, there wasn't a lot in this that I was confused about. And I mean, that's mostly because, you know, even though I don't read a lot of DC comics, I'm just, you know, in generally familiar with comic books and like, you know, DC in general. And, you know, uh, I, well, it's funny. Like I have a funny story just to, I, I was telling Justin the other night, that, uh, like, when I was, lo- like, I, I looked at the, like, issue numbers you wanted us to read, and I was like, oh, yeah, let me look up, like, some scans of this. And uh, the first thing I pulled up was, like, Justice League of America, like, from 1970-something, oh, like, 72. Okay. Okay, okay. And, like, the cover of that was, like, Hawk girl with a, a statue of Hawkman... And she's like screaming at Superman, Green Lantern, and Batman. Hawkman has been turned to salt, and I blame you guys. Like, and and I was like, and I was like, well, this clearly isn't it. And then I realized, oh, it, I was looking up Justice League of America, and this is Justice League just America. So like that was like where I corrected myself. But ironically enough, this story also features a Hawkman that's very salty. So like. <laughs>
0: I should so, yeah, I should have been I, I, was, I should have been calling him Salty Hawkman this salty whole synopsis Hawkman. Yeah. Is that what you're telling me?
2: Yes, exactly. But uh but no, like uh yeah, i read this um I enjoyed reading it like I already knew like just you know I absorbed through you guys or you know over the years I picked up the knowledge that Bloodwind was Martian Manhunter so it's not like I didn't know who he was or anything. I think what this story really like what stands out to me is like how much I mean I'm sure there are innumerable stories that they pulled from but like how many things like that were inspired probably by this story like yeah. you know. Yeah. justice lords from like the mm-hmm. the cartoon and injustice and and I, I think it's funny that like like back then like to have an evil justice league it had to be like a dream sequence or something like you would never like you know they they would never well they would never be that out of character but now nowadays it's just like well what if they were all out of character so like you know
0: but yeah yeah. I mean I mean yeah this this predates all the the new and hip uh you know the, the, the hotness or whatever, like, uh, what is it? The boys and all this other shit, yeah, you know, like behind, this is it's all
2: subverted. yeah it,
0: It's all before that and, and this, injustice like, or, it's, you, it's, you know, you know what I was thinking of? I was thinking like, because, you know, they, they even have their own little squad of stormtroopers, too. And I was thinking of how, you know, in those the, the, the nightmare Batman sequence in Batman V Superman, you know, Superman's got his own little, you know, stormtrooper squad, yeah, too. Right. Uh-huh. And it's so like all those things are very you know that you you can see the breadcrumbs you know the trail of of where things started and you know i'm sure there's stuff before this where there's you know you could point back to squadron supreme or you know other stuff that came way before this right but but this is this is part of that breadcrumb trail i think yeah
2: like i like i said i did enjoy this i'll probably have more questions as you go into it but yeah on the whole i pretty i really enjoyed this
0: so, Justin, I know you told me not too long ago that you did a you know you did a big read through of like you know this almost this whole run or whatever like you know so i'm I'm just curious like did, I, I assume you would have stopped reading it if you weren't enjoying it, but like do you have specific thoughts on on this four parter in particular?
1: I was trying to figure out if I had ever read these issues before or if, or if it was just knowledge i Absorbed from different mm. people, because like I kn- back in the day I knew Bloodwind was Martian Manhunter. I think someone just told me about that, and then when the Justice Lord episode of Justice League came out, like I remember someone telling me about this story, but I don't. Oh, okay. I don't think I ever read this, but um, you know, over the summer. I read these two trades, and they were both called Superman and the Justice League of America. And I I thought they were both very good because I I'm familiar with this era, but I haven't actually sat down and read, like, you know, great swaths of it. I've just read the issues here and there. I enjoyed it, but Volume 2 of the trades was like a bait-and-switch because it starts with the death of Superman and then it's like this trade is called Superman and it's Justice League America. <laughs> and, and then Superman's after dead those issues. And the
0: majority of it? Yes,
1: yeah, it's, it's like. And it he continues. never comes back.
0: He's he like, never he's comes like back. it's like later for you guys.
1: But this four parter was in that trade and I was like, okay, wh- where's like this? Because this is called Superman and he's not here, but okay, whatever. I don't know why you couldn't have squeezed those Death of Superman issues in Volume 1 and did something else, but wh- whatever. I guess you had like. To pay for the branding or something i don't yep. know
0: but yeah. anyway but yeah, well, didn't, well, was... they,
1: didn't they have one that
0: was called like wonder woman? like i feel like when they uh-huh. switched those trades like eventually it turned into wonder woman in the justice league so i think by your argument like like if they had squeezed that one death of superman issue into the same first trade it should have been like one volume of superman in the justice league and maybe like two volumes of wonder woman in the justice league or
1: something like that right yeah i haven't got around to reading that specific trade yet i did enjoy reading this era i still don't like guy Gardner. i think he's a jerk i don't think i'll ever come around to that character but i do like reading like you know fire and ice and booster gold and blue Beetle, blue beetle and all those guys and all the bloodwind stuff like like i was telling you like i i knew about it but i don't think i'd ever actually sat down and read it before because like when it you know the next issue goes into like his origin and how he got the thing in his chest and whatnot and i was like i know i've never read this before i think i've just been told about it but i so i was trying to sit down and like pinpoint like where i got this knowledge from i I think i just kind of like absorbed it from like people telling me about it or maybe i read like an article or some like joke in Wizard magazine or something. Yeah. A lot a lot of times
0: Wizard had those, you know, the blurbs and the, you know, the quick synopses and the things that kind of you know, you you could just read Wizard magazine and keep up with comic books and never buy a comic, right?
1: In the price guide section of Wizard at the very bottom, they had that little thing. It's like, if you didn't read it, we read it for you. And it would Mm -hmm. be like a random issue Mm -hmm. of like Aquaman or, you know, Punisher War Journal. And it would be like in this issue, Avengers like the Wasp is turned into an actual wasp, and you know, jocularity ensues. i you know, I'm like, yeah, that was that was a weird one. I read that one.
0: Franklin, undo that jocularity shit. Thank you. Yeah. So just, I mean, th- this is probably for any listeners' benefit, and and also for Mike's benefit, because this this might squash some questions you have. But I did write down a for context list for everybody involved and and also you know who knows like maybe when i'm going through it justin will be like oh yeah like it's fun for me to look at this story in context so for context like justin mentioned superman was dead funeral for a friend was running in all the superman titles at the time like when the first issue of this came out i think you know the superman titles ran the funeral for a friend and i think i forget how long it was but it was like a couple months and they didn't publish any superman titles like because because he was dead, right? Until they, you know, started doing the rain and all that stuff later. So so there was a period where, you know, Funeral for a Friend was running, and then there were no Superman titles for a while. Nightfall was just starting up. Like, this was like, you know, I think by this point, Azrael and Bane had appeared, but, you know, Nightfall was sort of in the early parts, you know, ramping up and everything, you know. Bane was kicking the shit out of Killer Croc and Riddler and all these other guys and whatever. Uh, A book that we're we're going to get Mike to read a goddamn Flash comic book pretty soon. And uh, by coincidence, it's also a 30th anniversary. And so by coincidence, this is kind of like a sneak preview of things to come on this podcast. But the return of Barry Allen storyline was going on in the, the Wade Flash title at the time. And so that was something that was going on during this. Green Arrow was still a mature reader's book, so this was still the Grell-written Green Arrow, which was pretty much outside of mainstream DC continuity at that point. Green Lantern had the White Temples. You know, Hal Jordan had his White Temples. He was doing his, you know, White Temples walkabout and everything like that. He was leading the Justice League Europe slash International at the time, and he was about a year or so away from going crazy as parallax. Guy Gardner had his own ongoing title. Black Condor had his own ongoing title. The Hawk World title at the time was ending. And just to jog Justin's memory, this was the red outfit for Hawkman. Like that's that's the Hawkman that was around when this came out. Wonder Woman was a few years away from the Diodato, like the contest run. Like this was in the 70s when they were doing all the Bol- Boland, Boland covers. And then I don't know if you guys remember or not, but remember that Wonder Woman and the Star Writers comic we talked about a long ass time ago? That came out right during this era in some kind of cereal box or whatever, that promotional comic. Adam had a special and was kind of being featured in this Justice League comic book. So that's kind of what Adam was up to. He didn't really have his own title. And for context, which I kind of wanted to specifically talk to Justin about, I don't know if he has much to say about it or not, but I just was curious to get his take is, this is my last context note, is that Neil Gaiman's Sandman was still an ongoing concern. The book was still running, and it was about three or so years away from wrapping up. But... The reason why I bring it up is the main villain in this is Dr. Destiny. And Dr. Destiny was kind of like the big villain in the very first arc of Sandman back when it was still sort of majorly tied into the DC universe. Whereas by this point in the game in Sandman, you know, that, that, that there was some, you know, it was more of a vertigo book. There was more separation like that whole thing. Right. So I, I and, and I guess, you know, it still fits, right? Because he doesn't have he doesn't have the Materiopticon. He doesn't have, you know, dreams, powers, right? <laughs> like, but it's like some residual leftover power, you know, I don't know, is innately, you know, contained within him. And that's how he manages to pull off this, you know, crazy universe or whatever. So I guess, that, that's one of the things I wanted to talk to Justin about. Like, what was your take on this? Or, do you, you know, it, do, I guess for your context, like, what's your context when it comes to, like, Sandman-ish type thing? Was it anything you ever thought about? Is it fun to go back now and look at it and kind of go, hey, that's interesting. Like, they, they, let, they let people use those characters again.
1: I thought it was a great little piece of continuity because, like you said, like, Dr. Destiny is fairly important in those first issues and they made him seem like i don't know dr destiny's one of those guys it always seemed like he should have been a bigger threat and taking more seriously than he was sometimes like here he's definitely a threat but i feel like there were issues where he was just like uh dr destiny joke. yeah kind of a joke you know let's treat him like a loser or something but um yeah like in here, everything fits, and he even mentions Morpheus, and I was like, "Oh, that's really nice." Like, and then I was like thinking back to like old Wizard World arguments, like you know, should Vertigo and DC be completely separate? Like, should you keep your chocolate out of my peanut butter? Mm-hmm, I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I don't even, I don't understand why you would keep them separate. I can understand like some of the reasoning, like you don't want like all these mature uh vertigo books like spilling into like I don't know Superman or something. Like I don't really want a you know R-rated Superman book ever. But um I, I can kind of see some reasoning in that, but I'm perfectly fine with like Justice League or Green Arrow or whatever book like referencing something from a Vertigo book or Sandman. Like I think that stuff's great. I think it adds to it. I mean when the Jack Kirby Sandman showed up in Sandman like, I thought that was great. I was like, oh, man, like, I remember that. Like, that seemed like a such a forgotten character. And I had a lot of those issues because at the time I was buying just random stuff. And, like, if if I saw something with, like, a, a Kirby cover, whether it was, like, Commandy or Dale Dinosaur, I would buy it because I was like, ooh, Jack Kirby. And, like, I didn't even know, like, that character existed. And I was like, there was a Jack Kirby Sandman? And I bought it for, like, a dollar or something. And then I feel like, you know year or two later when I started like really getting into Sandman I'm like oh I know this guy like that's the Jack Kirby Sandman like that's great and they're referencing like other stuff so you know I I think that stuff's great like you know me I'm a continuity guy so whenever you've got like some continuity ties and Dr. Destiny is referencing Sandman I'm like dude that's cool I think that's great.
0: I guess I always just get fascinated because I know I know the the Fire and Water guys, like the Siskoid did his big podcast where they covered all the tie-ins and issues of Zero Hour, and then some of these loose, ambiguous tie-ins that they talked about was they talked about Sandman and how there's that, like, theory about, well, when Sandman ended is supposedly the same time that Zero Hour reset took place, so then you could argue, like, you know, I, I don't know, like it, it was to to me, it was like this kind of like weird concept because I was never I, I never paid attention to those books. So so my context for this is I was heavily focused on mainstream DC continuity. But, you know, we, we've had that discussion before mm-hmm. where I, I enjoy what Vertigo books I've read since then. But when I was when I was a kid or a young teen reading comics, the Vertigo books were marketed to adults. And I was like, I don't want your icky adult shit. I want my, (laughs) I want my superhero. You know what I mean? Like that, that I, I, I I sort of recognized that it wasn't marketed towards me and was like, I don't want that icky shit. Like I want, you know, I want what I, you know, I want my superheroes. And like, so I, I don't think I ever made the connection Back then, when I first read this, that Dr. Destiny, I, I didn't, I, I, I'd never read that first arc of Sandman. Like, I didn't know any of that stuff that that Morpheus had come and taken the Materiopticon and all, you know, all, back from him and all this other stuff, and how, how you know, Gaiman tied in. His, you know, Morpheus to, to, you know, the Wesley Dodd Sandman and the Golden Age Sandman and, 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 and Dr. Destiny and all this other stuff. So that, that, that didn't come, I think, until way later, you know, once I had graduated college and stuff. And I probably was of the right age to, you know, comprehend and, and understand all that stuff. Right. And so, like, that was my, i don't know my 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 personal context for that kind of stuff the time is out of joint the time is out of joint the time is out of joint
1: the year is 1994 or
2: 1944 or maybe 2994 time is under threat and history is falling apart who will survive this crisis and how will history be changed for those that do zero hour strikes takes you back to that dc comics crossover and covers the entire story issue by issue tie-in by tie-in as the dc universe goes down to zero join bass and Ciscoid at fire and or on itunes zero hour strikes a proud member of the fire and water podcast network
0: remember legion so I was going to ask you guys, like, do you want to do you, do you have like because I was just going to go issue by issue at this point, like talking about different notes I had. But do you guys have anything like specifically you want to talk about for issue 72 for the first chapter, like things that stood out to you or things you, you want to discuss, whether it's the, you know, the art or the story or anything like that?
1: I guess this could be like any issue out of this story, but like it, it just amazes me. Black Condor had his own title. Yeah. I think about that. Like, that's a character that like I mostly knew from reading Starman. And I I kept like whenever he, he you know, he showed up pretty often there for a while. And I'm like, I know I've seen this guy before and I just couldn't like put my finger on it. And then, you know, when I started going back and reading like random other stuff. I read a random issue of this volume. I'm like, oh, so this is what he's from. And then it's like I think even after that, I was like, wait. You mean this guy had his own book at some point in the 90s? Like, to me, that's just, I don't know, that's a little crazy to me. It just doesn't seem like a character that would have his own ongoing, but he did.
0: He did, and that's, I mean, I think that's one that's, uh, I mean, the reason why I brought that up is you may look at this incarnation of the Justice League, and, and by no means is this anywhere remotely close to my favorite lineup of the Justice League but for context I did want to point out look Guy Gardner had his own book and black Condor had his own book and I think maybe a few years after this the the Ray uh, you know the Ray had a limited series before this but then you know was part of the Justice League right but then I think a little maybe a year or two after this you know or I, I forget what the timeline is but eventually the Ray had his own ongoing series as well maybe like a year or two later or something like that so there's a, a lot of the characters in this had you know had their own series and everything so it's it's not like that they were just randomly plucked I mean there, there's probably some angle where oh, I guess much like you know the the Snyder Justice League movies like they're they're focusing on oh these guys are the Justice League and maybe they hope by putting them on the team you know that you're gonna go check that out. Their ongoing books too, right? Yeah. And and in some cases, that probably didn't pan out. I mean, I know I know the Ray's comic lasted for a long time. Uh, the the Guy Gardner comic, in my opinion, ran for a long time, but the the Black Condor, I don't think, got past the teens. And 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 that was, you know, he was a revamped character too. Like, I mean, if you look at the old Quality Comics character, you know, he was just kind of like, uh, uh, you know. Golden Age type hero, you know, that had, you know, an outfit that helped them fly. Whereas in this, you know, he's a Native American. He's got, you know, very much, uh, you know, looks more like like a bird. Right. Looks like a condor, you know, per se. Right. Than than just kind of, I don't know enacting what what a Condor does, but not really looking the part, right? Like so they had that. I mean for me, it, it, what always stood out to me about that Black Condor series was I was never really interested in it at the time because even, even reading this, that that didn't exactly work on me. I didn't go and check out the Black Condor series because of this, but I think I might've picked up like an issue or two because like, I liked the Ray and I think the Ray was in an issue or something. So I might've picked up one of those. And then years later, you know, once I kind of knew who rags Morales was and identity crisis and our man and all this, you know, th- some stuff we've talked about on this podcast before, but Rags Morales did the art on a lot of those black condor issues. So then kind of in hindsight, that aspect made me interested in, you know, checking out that series. Like as as a ongoing, you know, concern as like back issues or or what have you, right? But that's you know, I mean, it is it is an interesting contextual time for this story to come out.
1: I have a question: Is this before the Teen Titans series where the Adam was working with them?
0: Yes, um, okay. this is this is pre so. that. Like I I think. Like right now, Marv Wolfman is still writing Teen Titans. They're leaving him the fuck alone like they they <laughs> have been for like the last, I don't know, ten years. Like they they typically don't force him to to participate yeah. in a bunch of crossovers and all this other stuff. And if I recall correctly, like this is when like you know cyborg got blown the fuck up and he was like super duper. Like, I mean, I guess these days cyborg is a super duper cyborg, or you know what I mean? But like back then he was at least a little, you know, he was like, you know, I don't know, 40% human and 60% cyborg, you know, type thing. Whereas I think in this, you know, by this point he was like, you know, 95% cyborg and, and 5%, you know, human or whatever. So it was like that kind of era, the era with, um, uh, uh, you you know, all the, all the poor bastards that, that Superboy prime, like beat the shit, you know what I mean? Like, like, um, you know phantasm and uh uh panthera or whatever her name was you know like that all those guys so
2: speaking of that i was just gonna say that the one thing i remember black condor from is from like being the first guy down like an infinite crisis when like a secret society like what what was it the freedom
0: fighters he was
2: part of at the time yeah yeah yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah, i mean that's how that's his quality like his his whatever you want to call it, Silver Age, you know, classic version, you know, when DC bought those characters, they, they were a team, right? So so they were all, you know, Uncle Sam, Phantom Lady, Black Condor, Human Bomb. Um, they were all part of And the Ray were all part of the same team. So that's why in Infinite Crisis, th- those new incarnations of them were all paired up as a team. And then, you know, I guess quickly defeated by the secret society.
2: The the other thing I was just going to say is the Ray kind of reminds me of like Nova, I guess, like Richard Ryder. Yeah. Nova. Yeah. Like I, yeah. Like he's like the, you know, the young like guy mm-hmm. with something to prove and, you know, he's blasting off into space. Like so I, I got I get Nova vibes from him.
0: I guess my notes on on the first part of this were the, the one thing I took issue with, which I thought was funny and I don't know if anybody else noticed this, but. Commissioner Gordon calls them bleeding fascists. And I'm just kind of like, what is that? Like, I don't know. Am I wrong? Like, do people say that? Like, cause I felt like, is he British? Like, is he, is he like, you know, bleeding blood and bloody hell or, you know what I mean? Like, like, or like, I know what a bleeding heart is, but like, you're, you can't, you're not a bleeding. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just overthinking it, but I just felt like that was like this kind of goofy 90s dialogue that just See,
2: maybe he caught like some Irishness from like Chief O'Hara. Or yeah, something. yeah. I don't,
0: I don't, know. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know what was going on with uh... that. But, but I thought that was funny. I, I feel like outing myself because I, I think if some of the power levels in this were on the Justice League, you know, animated cartoon, I'd be like yelling and screaming to the, to the heavens about it. But, I guess in the context of this, I feel like. I always chalked it up to, well, Dan Jurgens writing and drawing this, and there's probably some aspect of him just starting out drawing a really cool picture and then crafting some of the story around it, so I kind of let it go. And I guess what I'm talking about is, like, Sinestro gets the shit kicked out of him in this, man. And I'm just kind of like, dude has a power ring, but, like, he still gets maced in the face and Martian Manhunter breaks his arm, and it's like, there's that part of me that wishes, like, you know, I, I don't mind if Martian Manhunter is powerful enough to break through his construct, but that's not always, you know, in this, it's not explicitly spelt out. It just seems like he kind of manhandles him or whatever. And then there's the aspect where once his arm is broken, then m- maybe it lends to the credibility of like, well, his he, he was he was concentrating on the pain of his arm and, and Hawkman gets the drop on them, and you can kind of rationalize it. But there, there, there was that aspect to me where I kind of went, well, does this, does this make Power Ring users like, do they, do they get, you know, wimped out in in this arc or whatever? But that was, you know, that's something that you know is always on my mind or whatever.
2: Yeah, like. Well, uh, I feel like, you know, when Hawkman had the ring, he was like super effective with it. Like, right, you know, he vaporizes right. like Green Arrow, like almost like they're like, oh, my God, like Green Arrow has been replaced with a skeleton. Like,
0: I, I guess is that is is that interesting? Because like had it's almost like the 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 heroes are much more uh willing to use excessive force but for the purposes of this plot the villains who normally would use excessive force are now all of a sudden scared to do so like like that i mean i i do find that aspect interesting it's like because because they're they're either working with the government they're working with batman you know what i mean like as part of a secret resistance do they somehow become more i don't know uh, like in other words does does the justice league going evil make crazy evil people somehow more morally culpable like is that I guess just, maybe is that just a consequence of that or? like
2: doesn't the Adam say that, like, you know, the just the parts of like this, the whole dream thing are what how Dr. Destiny sees, like, you know, the heroes? And so maybe, mm-hmm. like, the, mm-hmm. the villains are more of a reflection of his own, like, you know, feelings. Be- because he's of, like, because he's a villain, yeah.
0: they're they're yeah. also you can sympathize with them because Dr. Destiny or dr destiny can sympathize with them so they're they're presented as more sympathetic in this universe yeah
2: yeah that's that's kind of what i was figuring
0: because i keep up with these things i'm i'm moving on to some of my notes from issue 73 because i keep up with these things and i i watched it for a while but uh it went way too high for me the cover of 73 sold for over 8k at an auction last year so um couldn't get that one but uh (laughs) It was. It's a nice cover. Um, I, I assume some Hawkman fan is is super happy they bought it. I I do want to point out, and and there's two moments like this, and I might even just jump ahead to the other moment, which I think is between issues seventy four and seventy five. The the opening sequence uh, for that seventy three, when you're kind of introduced to the then current quote unquote Justice League, and they're testing the Ray's power levels. Uh, I felt like that was a very danger room X-Men like sequence, you know, like the way they're always like testing, Oh, how, how much can Colossus lift or whatever, you know, whereas this is more, you know, how, how much juice can, can the Ray, you know, expend or whatever, like type thing. And, and so I felt like that was, you know, some way to, I don't know, get that, get that X-Men juice going or what, you know, I don't know what it is or, or, you know, but that, that's what it felt like to me. And, and for whatever reason, in between 74 and 75, when they're all captured and trussed up and everything, it kind of reminded me a lot of X-Men 99 to 100, you know, how like the the X-Men are all, you know, tied up and stuff like that. And they have to bust out to like fight the Sentinels and all that kind of stuff. So like, I don't know, it just, just some of those things just felt very, um, X Men esque to me, so I just figured I'd point that out. And um, also in that training sequence, I, I just want to point out that even Maxima has some standards because the Ray is too young for her. So, yeah.
2: <laughs> Who is um, what's his name? Uh,
0: Agent Liberty. Agent Liberty is um. Uh, Basically, my note on that is: a- Agent Liberty spun out of the Superman titles of the era. Agent Liberty had a one-off special. Agent Liberty was created by Dan Jurgens. Thus, Agent Liberty is the pet character that was included in this Justice League because Dan Jurgens is now the writer slash artist on the book. So, in all essence, Agent Liberty is pretty much like the Jessica Jones or Spider Woman's of like a a Bendis written Avengers, like to me, like that's, oh, okay. that's my take on it. It's, it's his I would never
2: heard of, yeah, I had never heard of him before.
0: This yeah. Is, like, I mean, this I mean, he's, he's, he's kind of like a Captain America slash, I don't know, Flash Gordon-ish. I, I don't know. Like mostly Captain America-ish, but with a little more, a little more tech because he's got his rocket pack. You know what I mean? Like, so you know, I don't know, Captain America with with Kenner, Kenner action figure enhancements or something, you know, one of my other contextual notes was that, you know, and I I guess I guess we can get into this a little bit, but I, I feel like all of this is a reflection of, you know, it's kind of that conversation we were having when we were reading JLA Avengers. Like, I always feel like despite people saying, you know, oh, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I love the post-crisis era of DC Comics, but I also like a lot of things about the pre-crisis era, but I, I, I don't think it's... Uh, like, it, it's not uh, unfactual to say that, to me, that that a lot of these stories, and this one included, kind of reveal, like, this thirst to go back to the pre-crisis stuff. do you know what I mean? Like 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 the 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 the, the underlining context, despite everything we've talked about, is kind of like those characters, if you looked at them in the current comics, whether it's the mature readers' green arrow, the 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 Hawkman in the red outfit, you know, the the, you know, I'm trying to think of uh, you know Green Lantern having white temples. You know, like like all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, that's presumably that's Barry, right? Like not Wally, right? So so like all those things. It's it's like that thirst to, kind of like ooh. You know, hey, longtime old readers, here's that Justice League that you you want back. But wait a minute, twist. They're all evils. You know what I mean? I mean, that's that's basically the, the pitch of this story. And so what I was going to get into was, as a part of that, you know, Firestorm's a big part of that, especially in issue 73. And my contextual note is, Firestorm had no title at the time. The elemental Firestorm was out fucking off in outer space with Poochie. You know, he went back... I mean, Earth is his home planet, but you get my meaning. He went back to his home planet. So he, he, you know, he was nowhere in the current continuity. He was in limbo at this point. I think Ronnie Raymond was just stuck on Earth and was separated from the Matrix, right? It was just Professor Stein and, you know, the the Elemental Firestorm, you know, as as a one single unit. And he was off being, you know, I don't know, the Silver Surfer of the DC Universe or some shit, you know, getting into untold adventures in outer space. And, And we never... You know, we, we didn't see him again until Extreme Justice. So that's in between this point. So my point in saying that is if if you were a Firestorm fan and you were like super thirsty for Firestorm, much less the satellite era of the Justice League, like all those things, like seeing like the DPS, the double page splash of like the satellite, like if that, I mean, I, I don't even know if that era of the Justice League is my jam. Like, I don't think it is. But if it was someone's jam, like, that that's a moment right where you're like dude look at the, the 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 satellite the you know oh look it's firestorm it's red tornado it's you know like like all these guys that you you know you you wouldn't normally be seeing in this current post crisis like if if post crisis dc justice league and dc heroes were unrecognizable to you this four-parter even though they're evils like, has a bunch of familiar-looking, iconic versions of the characters. So there there is that aspect to it, you know?
1: I also like how Bloodwind, because he's actually Martian Manhunter, is there to, like, fill in mm-hmm. the new characters and probably the new readers about the yeah. Satellite League and its history and all this stuff.
0: It's funny cuz cuz you might say right like like if you didn't know any better you might say why the fuck does bloodwin this new guy who I don't know who I don't recognize like know all this Expositional detail. Oh, it must just be for the story. Like how lazy the, the writing is. Like just this random dude who shouldn't know anything about Justice League, right? Like knows all this backstory and history. But then when you when, when when the the truth is uncovered, you know when you when you realize, oh, he is the Martian Manhunter, at least for the context of this story, right? Like you're like, well, that makes so much sense. Why he's like, oh, well, that's the satellite, and oh, those those are the you know, this is a configuration of the League that was, you know, back in the day or whatever, and you're like, oh, of course, like, of course he would know that. Like, the the thing that kind of cracks me up is like, Wonder Woman, you know, because her history is so, I don't know, there's a definite like split, right, between pre and post-crisis, so there's that weird, you know, there's always that weird issue where it was like, oh, it was Black Canary with the League and not Wonder Woman and all this other stuff, so then it's like, it's funny to me that the current team configuration is so separated from the pre-crisis justice league that they're both like super foreign to one another, you know, like black hunters, like who's this Hawkman guy? Hawkman's like, who the fuck are you? And you know, like, like that whole thing. And even, even, I mean, I don't know. Wonder woman has some familiarity, but, but there is that aspect where you're like, even this version of wonder woman isn't quite as in the know about the justice league is like, the pre-crisis version would have been. And then um, for me, my last note on 73, I just want to say, like, it, it's specifically page 19. But I love that four panel transition with the Marsh, the, the Justice, the Lightning Lord or whatever he is, the the evil Martian Manhunter. Like, I love like because it's like the it's like one kind of rectangular, like, you know, essentially like like an upper splash or something of the martian manhunter but then like it's split into four panels and like the first two he's invisible and then the the last two it's like he's revealing himself and i just i i think that's like a kick-ass uh series of of panels and everything like that's that's like comics you know like like that's you know you can you could show that in comics and it's super cool so for my notes on 74 going back to Mike's question about agent liberty like these are the type of wounds like like green arrow shoots an arrow right through his fucking forearm and you'd think to yourself ow right like it, it, you know what it reminds me of? You, you know how I always bitch and moan. Like I forget what movie that was. Maybe it was like Batman and Son or whatever. But remember the movie where like Nightwing gets fucking crucified and shit. And you think to yourself, "Well, shit, Nightwing ain't ever playing piano ever again." You know what I mean? Like, like, like after that, like getting like stakes stabbed through his fucking hands and shit. Like, uh, like you, you're like, "Oh yeah, sure, maybe he's alive. Maybe he recovers and lives a nice, happy life in in." you know, I don't know, uh, uh, seclusion somewhere where he's not fighting crime anymore. But like, you're, you're just like, holy shit. But of course, at the end of all those things, you know, it's it's like Cliffhanger and all these crazy action movies where people get like shot and stabbed and all this other stuff. And by the end of it, they're just like, yeah, I'm going to see you at Christmas dinner. Give me a high five. You know, and you're just like, dude, no, that's you're I, to me. I'm always like, no, that's pretty fucking serious. Like, are they even going to acknowledge that? Like, you know, he was he was shot with an arrow like in the arm and, and, and like, they really don't. Like, like by the end of it, it's just kind of like he breaks out of the prison with all the rest of them. And there's not even a, even a moment where he like, you know, I don't know, cradles his arm or goes, gee, I could still feel the puncture wound from that or whatever. Like so that that kind of stuff always drove me crazy. Like and and I always felt like, you know, when I was a young kid and I was writing comics, like I I got the urge to do things like that where I'm like, oh, wouldn't it be so cool if like the dude the villain has a hot fucking iron poker and he stabs the fucking hero in the shoulder and i'm like that's so cool and then i'm like okay now what the fuck do i do you know like wait what is is the is the comic over (laughs) like and then like you're forced to like you're like no he's the hero. the comic can't be over so then you're just like what does he do well he 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 fucking you know he takes the iron and he cauterizes the wound and he says "fuck this" and he kicks the guy's ass and you're like, okay, well that doesn't make any sense, but it's fucking comics, right? And that's I think what's what's going on here.
1: Maybe Wonder Woman used the purple ray on him later.
0: It's it's possible if you think Wait, she had a mini there... purple ray. Is there a purple ray like post crisis? I think there is. I don't know. I I, I well I know there's a purple ray post-infinite crisis, yeah. but I don't know if there's a Purple Ray post-crisis or not. Is there
1: a, is there a Purple Ray post-crisis pre-Zero Hour?
0: <laughs> right, right, exactly. The, the, this, is why, this is why these things are confusing. Some Somebody can email us and tell us. I can't even repeat Justin's question, but if you can answer it, let us know. I, I guess I was going to ask you guys about this, like, maybe especially Mike. Was it weird? Like, because, I mean if if you're reading this Justice League comic in real time like I was month to month or even if you if you read those trade collections that that Justin was reading you'd kind of know that Booster Gold, Fire and Blue Beetle like were still, you know, in the compound, in the headquarters, you know, they they were still hanging out with the Justice League, right? Even though Blue Beetle is kind of comatose cuz of Doomsday and all this other stuff, right? But like it's like, I know that they're still in the headquarters, and Justin knows that they're still in the headquarters, but I kind of wondered, like, what about you? Like, did, did did that feel like they just came out of fucking nowhere, or were you just kind of like, ah, oh, I, guess, I guess they were there the whole time?
2: Yeah, it, it took me a little while to figure out that, I, I was like, wait, who's this blonde guy? And I was like, oh, it's Booster Gold, and I was like, well, yeah, they... I did, they just kind of inserted themselves in the story and I guess it's cause they always were there, but like, you know, it was a little abrupt.
0: I, I feel like, I mean, I get why there's no members shown in the first chapter of this cause they're introducing and focusing on the, this, you know, this alternate dream reality. Right. But like, I kind of feel like, I mean, if, if I'm backseat writing this, right. Like, they they should have been in that danger room sequence. Do you know what I mean? Like they they should have been in the room watching the ray, you know, unload or something. Or or even if they're not in the the little professor X, you know, room with Oberon and them guys, like like maybe cut to them, you know, in their apartment or what, you know, whatever it is, they're like getting some you know, I don't know, eggs from the fridge or something. And then they go, geez, what's, what's with all the racket. And it's like, you know, the booster gold can come in and say, ah, the new kid Ray, he's testing his power levels or something, you know, just something so that you, you know, they're still there or something, but that's just, I guess that's just me backseat writing it after the fact. But like that, that, uh, I guess I was, you know, that that's one of those things. I, I know you got caught up to speed eventually, but, but they do kind of come out of nowhere. Like, it's like the third part of a four-part story, and you're like, oh, yeah, these guys are here too, you know, type thing. And I guess, you know, 74 to 75, that has that big, giant revelation. I mean, that was something, too, that was very long. run. I mean, you know, it was kind of like, you know, Bloodwind was on the team for a good what is this like like more than half a year right like like he he was on the team for a long time and there was the whole bit even in the death of superman where you know blue beetle sees who he really is right before he gets the crap kicked out of him by doomsday right so they were you know they were doing that tease for like you know and and nothing that would be done today right because it's all done in these you know, five- to six-issue arcs, and if it wasn't done by the end of that, you wouldn't get it, That you know, this kind of long-form, you know, C subplot that turns here into, like, an a, a story or whatever.
1: Back in the day, was this, like, a big mystery surrounding Bloodwind, like, about who he was, or did people just accept that he was, like, a new character with his own identity?
0: Uh, I think my it's weird to say i can only tell you what my reaction was because i don't you know there wasn't a lot of social media like i don't remember there being too many crazy wizard promotional articles or things you know fan letters about bloodwind per se right like like what i remember was when bloodwind first showed up you kind of went oh he's he's a new character and he's kind of mystical it's like oh cool okay well the you know the 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 justice league now they got their own you know dr strange like that's cool all right and then when you read the the justice league issue that tied into the death of superman and and blue beetle went wait you i know you that's that's when it to me triggered the whole well who is he like Somebody else? He's not Bloodwind. Like he's disguised as somebody. Like what? And and you know, I guess you know maybe in hindsight, you know, twenty twenty, you should think, oh well, it's super obvious. Instead of Martian Manhunter fucking off to go to outer space, he just stayed behind and turned into Bloodwind. I I should have seen it. It should be totally obvious. But I think at the time. I, you know, I didn't find it obvious. Like I, I, I had no idea who he was, you know? And I, I was like wondering like, Hmm, who the fuck, who, who is this guy or whatever, you know? So, so for me, I guess at least certainly since that issue seven, like, you know, this is what issue 75 when it's, you know, 74, 75 when it's being revealed, like at least since, uh, what is it issue 69 when, 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 You know, Doomsday is beating the shit out of that Justice League and Blue Beetle has that moment. So at least for what, 69, 70, 71, 72, 73. So at least I don't know, at least five months I was sitting there wondering who the fuck is Bloodwind. So Uh,
2: well, I, I always like consistently saw him on like Wizards lists of like lamest Justice League members or whatever. So like and and then then, like later I was like oh when I found out he was Martian Manhunter in disguise, I was kind of like, oh, okay well, why does I I was like, why did these other lists like treat him as a separate like entity or whatever? And like, I I don't know, maybe it was before that reveal or it was just, well, I mean, I
0: mean, technically like like it, it becomes like that whole Zorn Magneto thing where it's like. The, the original story is like, oh, Zorn was Magneto the whole time and he fooled you. But then later they're like, well, people kind of like Zorn. So we're like, guess what? Zorn was Zorn and Magneto pretended to be Zorn and wasn't Zorn. But there is a Zorn. And and if you continue reading the next couple issues after this, they pretty much do the same thing, where you find out, like, the real Bloodwind is inside the gem, and, you know, he, he you know, was made to look like Bloodwind because Martian Manhunter was going to go fuck off to outer space, but instead he runs into the gem and, you know, has to pretend to be Bloodwind because in that gem there's this whole world where there's a bad guy and he's keeping Bloodwind hostage and all this other stuff. So it's like eventually like there is a really for reals Bloodwind, but kind of like, I don't know, Vanessa and Domino. Like you don't the, the like the, the the Bloodwind that you knew that, that at least in my mind that I thought was cool like, that showed up and was part of the Death of Superman arc and all that stuff, like, that was Martian Manhunter. But then eventually the real Bloodwind shows up after that, right, and is in a bunch of other issues. So you've got storylines where Martian Manhunter and Bloodwind are, like, both part of the Justice League.
2: Was this story the first appearance of, like, the, like, sort of skull face Doctor Destiny, or...?
0: I'd say not, because that, I mean, he looked like that a lot in um, in uh, Sandman, for sure, and and even in, I, I want to say, Justin, even in, like, earlier, like, classic Justice League comics, too. Yeah. Like, he, he kind of looks like, I mean, because cause honestly, like, you know how people say, oh, Dr. Destiny looks like Skeletor? I mean, most kind of you know, at least Justice League issues in the hundreds, most people will be like, you know, DC should sue Masters of the Universe, not the other way around. Do you know what I mean? Like, so, I don't know. I getcha.
2: I, I always thought it looked a little tamer, like, like you know, in classic stories or earlier stories, but...
0: I mean, I, I guess your mileage may vary depending on the artist interpretation. I mean, it, it was probably the most gritty in in the Sandman. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll say that. Right. But, but I mean, if you look back at some of those, you know, justice league issues, like I'm sure I could find, you know, whatever I, I forget exactly what issues he's in, but like, I'm sure there's like some Chuck Patton art or something like that, where it's like, it's pretty, you know, at least Skeletor looking, if not, you know, um, not grizzly Skeletor, but, you know, kind of like cartoon, you know, Hey, I'm friendly, you know, kind of Skeletor shit or whatever. I do have a note here. Maxima killed Kenny, aka Red Tornado. You bastard! This is for uh, this is for Tony. <laughs> yeah, so, shout out to Tony.
2: Red, I was gonna say, you always like to joke that Red Tornado like gets yeah. blown to pieces
0: yeah. and everything. So yeah. I was like, and oh, here's here is a, a a another in a long line of examples. Yeah, and then and then there's that. What what do you guys think about the whole Doctor Destiny stabs the Atom, but he's cool, he's fine. Yeah, I, I was kind of
2: like, for a doctor, you sure don't know where the heart is, I guess. Like, yeah, or, right, right. you know, you missed, you stabbed him right in the chest, and then even Dr. Destiny's like, oh, you're still alive. Like, huh. Like, I must suck. Like,
0: you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's funny. Like, you're kind of pinning the blame on Dr. Destiny, but I'm just kind of pinning the blame on, like, well, if you stab somebody, that's, that's probably going to be pretty fatal if you stab them in the chest, whether you miss the heart or not. I mean, presumably if you miss the heart you've stabbed one of his lungs right like i mean it can't none of that can it, it can't just be like i, I that that's why i, I laughed about it because it's like oh it's just a slight wound in the chest <laughs> it's kind of like saying like oh dude just got shot in the gut he'll be fine you know <laughs> like wait what like what <laughs> like so i don't know i think that's funny I don't know. my my only my only end note on the the final issue is w- while I'm glad it's uh, you know Ted Cord and Blue Beetle that kind of helps save the day, I, again kind of like what what we were talking about earlier. It, it'd be nice if they could have been introduced maybe at least as early as as the second chapter, right? But other than that, I mean, you know, this this is a story like that I you know, have fond memories of like, like, and, and so that's kind of, you know, one of the reasons I I picked it. And, and also it's just like, I don't know, for me, it's like one of those things where I kind of look back and I, you know, if you, if you go through some of those arcs, I mean, obviously I'm biased. Like I, I have a predisposition to this whole, you know, I guess what, Justin was talking about the way they branded it in the trades the whole you know Superman and the Justice League and then you know I guess Wonder Woman and the Justice League but like I I really particularly enjoy this era you know especially the Superman era of it and so I would always kind of point to it as like my justice league so if if bloodwind is indeed like the triathlon of the justice league like then you know clearly you can point and laugh at me if you want to do you know what i mean like i'm i'm you know laughing at bomber jackets or you know whatever else right like you can you know clearly you know poke holes uh you know you know you can yuck my yum like whatever the phrase is right but like i i guess i've to me like like it's kind of like uh it's kind of like you're throwing um, shit up, but like I've got a big glass wall where the shit hits and none of it touches me because I'm like, what are you talking about? Like Bloodwind's fucking cool. Like I don't care what you say, wizard. Like Bloodwind's awesome. So, I don't know. So for me, like this is this is fun. I mean, I I suppose you could argue like there's certain shortcomings in terms of storytelling and and maybe even in in certain transitions you know from panel to panel with with some of the art but i think it's all very dynamic and engaging no matter what i mean you know you can you can kind of i don't know nitpick things but i think overall you know for me that this is something that is enjoyable and i you know i liked revisiting it and that's kind of why i wanted to sort of share it with you guys
2: yeah like i said i i I think uh, I, I liked reading it for like a like sort of context for other adaptations of like DC comics I've seen. Like even even like the Doctor Destiny episode of Justice League, like uh, it kind of like, oh, that's kind of, you know, they probably got some of the creepy Doctor Destiny mm-hmm. stuff from like this, too. So, you know, but yeah, like I appreciate it. Like. Dan Jurgens isn't my really favorite anything, like a writer or artist, but like I don't like hate him or anything. And I think everything in this was pretty solid. So like, yeah, I had fun reading this.
0: Any final thoughts, Justin?
1: I like exploring this era of the Justice League. Like it's definitely not my jam, but I I do enjoy reading it. I was kind of like trepidatious about getting the trade and reading it because I was like, I don't know, like you know 90s justice league it's like it's not the blah ha ha league and it's not grant morrison like i don't i'm not that familiar with it i don't know how well it's going to hold up but i liked reading those two trades and i plan to continue exploring this era with that wonder woman trade so you know like i'm i'm into it i want to see like how some of this stuff turns out yay cool all right and um i kind of you know i make fun of you for your long synopsis but like I think it's needed in this case because I don't know how well known like this story is. So having like the big pieces and little pieces put together and having context for like what all the characters are doing and their own title and stuff like I think that's like required in this case to kind of give you like the full picture because I don't know how many people know about this story.
0: It's it's hard sometimes because like some some stuff you you know some stuff when you're ingrained as we are so deeply into the comics medium, like some stuff you take for granted Mm -hmm. that people know. And then, and then, like you said, sometimes there's, there's things where you're like, well, wait a minute, let me go back and look at, you know, contextually, like when was this taking place? What, you know, when, you know, how does it relate to, you know, the pre-crisis league, how does it relate to the current league? And then, you know, and they, they just had a lineup change. I mean, the, the the league that we're looking at in this was only around for one issue. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, like the Superman tie in was 69. The Superman funeral was 70. And then by seventy one, they're like, guess who the new league is? And yep. and you know you got Agent Liberty and and Black Condor and the Ray. And then you've got you know it, you know Maxima's got her you know purple outfit or whatever, pink purple whatever you want to call it. You know, and then and they're they're off to the races. And and Wonder Woman's joining the team and and picking up the slack for Superman as the leader. And in and, and you're off to the races doing something new. And then before you know it. Then it's like, wait, here's an alternate universe with the evil satellite Justice League. And then and then you're off to the races with this. So, yeah, I mean, you know, the comics, um, you know, you, you you know, to me, it's like, I guess if people are lost, then, you know, they they figure it out for themselves or whatever. But, you know, it, it's fun to sort of point people in the right direction and, and you know, see how it all ties into the larger tapestry. So I think that's going to wrap it up tonight for our discussion on Destiny's Hand. If you guys have any other comments, questions, and or concerns, you can send us emails at fanholspodcast at gmail.com. If you want to check out the backlog of episodes of comics, motherfucker, do you read them? You can direct download them over on the podcast.blogspot.com. We're on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We appreciate all the likes, hearts, shares, and retweets that we receive. And we can be streamed. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, and Amazon Music. So until the next time, this is Derek, Derek WC, signing off. Hey, it's Mike, I'm made of salt, and I blame you!
1: And this is Justin signing off. Bleeding synopsis.
0: Bleeding synopsis.
1: Maybe he, should call them, he should have called them wankers instead. I don't that. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like that. <laughs> Commissioner
2: Gordon's like, Fascism makes me turn Irish.
1: He's like, Fascist wankers. Oh, you wankers. Saw <laughs> it <Sought> off. Yeah. <laughs>